this Advent season, we're going to be singing um, a lot of songs that are Advent themed. And, and as we learned, um, Advent simply means coming. So, so we're going to be singing with a purpose. And that purpose is to remind us of God's faithfulness. So this morning, we're going to sing a song called, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And no doubt you have, uh, you have seen this before, um, but it, this is one of the oldest Christmas songs ever written. It was, it was written in the ninth century, so we've been singing this uh, as a Christian family for 1,200 years. And this song uh, presents this image of the Israelites longing and pleading for a Messiah. And and then rejoicing because God promises um, in, in Isaiah 7, 14, that a Messiah will be born and rescue his people. So, so when we sing uh, together, let's just remember that God was faithful before and he will be faithful once again when he comes um, to restore and to redeem this world. So let's sing together. Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, O come, thou Lord of mine, who to thy tribes on Sinai side in ancient. Times to give the law in cloud and majesty. spirits by thine advent here disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to
Continue to just celebrate and sing about this King who comes and reconciles us to God. So let's sing together. Hark the herald. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hopes proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem, hark the herald angels sing, glory to by highest heaven adore Christ the everlasting Lord late in time behold him come offspring of a virgin's womb veiled in flesh the Godhead sees hail the Second birth, hark the herald angel. 
Jesus, thank you for coming into this world and, and dwelling among us. God, giving us second birth and, and new life in the Messiah. God, we, we praise you this morning. God, we offer this time to you as a time to grow in Christ and to learn, um, learn your way, Lord. God, may your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Um, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas season. So I wanted to start out today by reminding probably most of you of one of the most cringeworthy episodes of The Office. It's called Scott's Tots. Michael Scott, the manager, promises a class of second graders in an inner city school that he will pay for everyone in the class to go to college after they graduate high school. Tuition, housing, and everything. And this inspires the kids to believe that they can in fact go to college because the one thing that's gonna hold them back is now gone. They now have hope. And 10 years later, Michael goes back to visit the class that is set to graduate high school. And it turns out all of them have been accepted into colleges around the country, which is a much better percentage than the rest of the population at the school. They read aloud poems and show their appreciation in dances and then the moment happens. Michael Scott has to reveal to these hopeful, excited kids that he has no money for any of them because he made this promise to the kids out of his own delusional hope that he would be a millionaire by then, but 10 years later, he had nothing to show for it. And I saw that episode originally and I actually cringed at the thought of this actually happening because there, is something just so heavy about getting people's hopes up. And why is that? It's because we know that we often need to see some kind of future benefit to enable us to persevere when times are tough. Proverbs 19, 18, sorry, 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And we know deep down that hope is just so important to living everyday life. And I'm going to take it a step further, it becomes exceedingly more important to hope when we realize that waiting is part of the Christian journey. Today we begin celebrating the Christian season of Advent, uh, and we often think of Advent as a countdown to Christmas. We break down, break out that Advent calendar, which has a piece of chocolate uh, to reward you every day to help you wait for Christmas morning. It's almost like, yes, you, you waited today. Enjoy. Here's your gift. But historically, uh, as Damaris was saying earlier, Advent is not just a time to await the coming of the Messiah, but it's also a time to await the second coming of the Messiah. Advent is a time where we reflect on how the ancient Jewish people desperately waited for their Messiah. And we should learn to wait for Jesus' second coming in the same way. For example, we can look to how the Jewish people took the promise in Isaiah 9. Now, Isaiah 9, 6 is probably one of those verses you have probably heard several times throughout your life. It says, for us, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, 
when you've heard this, it probably has been in the context of Christmas and how Jesus is the expected child who is the Prince of Peace. But if you were to look at the context of this passage and the book that it's in, you will see something very interesting because this book was written 700 years before Jesus was even born. By this time, the Jewish people had already received a few indicators about the coming Messiah, such as him being in the line of David. Uh, the Messiah was to save them from their uh, oppressors. So if you look at this verse and then continue on with verse seven, it says, of the increase of his government, uh, uh, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This message would have been received with such hope and joy by the people who first read this, because at the moment, the people of Judah were facing an existential threat. Uh, they were in the midst of battles with Assyria. And if you, you don't know what Assyria was like, they just, uh, just before this, they had just wiped the northern kingdom of Israel off the map. And now the kingdom of Judah is being attacked by this foreign kingdom. So let me read that first line again. Uh, 9-6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor. He will be called a mighty God. He will be called everlasting father. He will be called prince of peace. When they heard that, God was calling them to trust in him until the Messiah eventually will come to do his work. So just as the Jewish people were called to wait for the Messiah, we are called to wait for his return. The mindset that the Jews were in was under extreme hardship, and this message pierced the events of the day to remind them that there is, in fact, a future. There can be something that this can be something that we too need to hear. When we look around in our world today, what do we see? We might joke around that 2020 is the worst year ever. But if we think about it, there have been a lot of terrible years. There have been plagues that have decimated a third of the world's population. There have been wars and rumors of wars that can annihilate human existence overnight. There have been seasons of extreme poverty, which see children starving in the thousands every single day. And there, that's just a couple things. There might be many more things that you hold in your heart as a painful reminder that God isn't finished yet. But as Christians, we're called to hope and await Christ's kingdom. The Messiah's job wasn't to simply come and save people from their sins. That's part of it and an extremely important part. But his main job was to establish a kingdom where no evil can exist. That means cancer. COVID, racism, corruption, greed, and any other evil that you can possibly imagine will cease to exist. We remember the Jews longing for the coming of the Messiah because we are in the same position they were. We need a hope for a better future. So how exactly do we hope? For that matter, what does hope actually look like? Um, 
though we are called to wait for Jesus to return, we are not called to inaction. So what are the fruits of hope? What does it look like? I want to give you a couple examples as I close my message today. One, hope is working to the ends of an expectation. And in essence, what that means is hope produces the fruit of preparation. When Lauren and I learned that Carter was to be born, and I expect most of you were like us when you learned you were going to have kids, I bet your first thought wasn't, cool, I'm uh, just going to live my life totally unaffected, maybe grab a cheeseburger or something. Maybe I should plan a vacation 10 months from now. No, of course not. You get your insurance in order, you set your doctor's appointments, you prepare because you have a real and a present hope. Uh, two, hope can be placed in the wrong things. And we all know this. However, we do this all the time still. We put our hopes and trust in people or institutions run by people. And then we get disappointed when they don't live up to our expectations. For example, through most of my academic career, I put my trust in myself. Now, just by saying that, I can already see that many of you are thinking, wait, uh, I know you're supposed to trust God, but like on the more practical reality, isn't that the place where you're supposed to trust, uh, put trust in yourself? Maybe that might be the best logistical thing, but I still couldn't possibly live up to my own expectations to take more classes than everyone, yet have a higher GPA than everyone and still be on track to graduate early. And then finally, I failed a class. And when I failed a class for the first time, I felt so sick to my stomach because I didn't know where else I could put my expectation for my own future. I can't even make my ends meet. How could anybody else do anything for me? So now I saw my hopes for my academic, now I see my hopes for my academic skills a lot differently. Today, I, I see uh, what I learned. It wasn't about the grades I got, but how God will use what I learned in those classes, both the content and the failure and having to manage my life to help grow people in Christ. And then finally, hope in God is eternal. When we realize that hope breeds preparation, we learn that hope in the right thing in God leads to preparing for his kingdom. So I want you to take some time today to reflect on how you are preparing for the kingdom. We who believe are, we're being conformed into Christ's image so that we can respond to all sorts of evils and sufferings around us. When we have our eternal hope that Christ's kingdom is going to come and eradicate all evil, we're, we should be able to share that hope with others. This could mean speaking out against racism or simply just learning more about it. Uh, this could mean preparing, uh, uh, preparing the kingdom could mean counseling someone through a loss or just offering advice to a young mind. It can have a variety of ways it comes about. But if we have a hope in a kingdom like the one Jesus talks about, we're called to spread that hope while we wait for it to take into full effect. So we look forward to the day when there will be no more weapons of war. That phrase doesn't, more, doesn't ring more true. Swords will become plowshares. Their only use is 
for the benefit of growing life. <laughs> we wait for that day. In closing, I would like to invite Hal to pray. Um, but as we pray, I also would like to invite all of you to come with the attitude of the great expectation that God has given us. Even if life doesn't seem like it's a world like the one promised is even possible. I want you to come into with, uh, to this prayer and into the rest of the week with an attitude saying that someday God's going to take care of it. And right now I'm going to prepare my surroundings for such an event. Al. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we enter this new church year with song, wreaths, and lessons. The very coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is near. Stir up in us a hungry heart and attentive mind, sensitive to your spirit as company for our journey of faith. And when the day of birth for Jesus finally comes, may it be born in each of us also. Stir up your power and come. Be born anew in us. Lord Jesus Christ, you have come and you are coming. You have been here from the beginning. You have been here in time. And now you come to us in this very hour. You remind us about yet another day and another hour, another coming of which no one knows the moment except the Father. You bid us to be ready. Stir up your power and come. Be born anew in us. We bring before you, Holy Spirit, all the other spirits that would rob us of the joy of Jesus' coming. We fearfully invite you to help us rid ourselves of all the temporal and earthly concerns of this season so that we may truly focus upon God incarnate, God in flesh, God for real, God with us now. Stir up your power and come. Be born anew in us. Known to us, Lord, are persons with needs beyond our own ability to fix. We thank you for all who attend to the sick, the weary, and the ones who feel separated from you, the church, even each other. Hear our prayers for those whom we name and need a special measure of your grace. If you know someone now, let me invite you to please unmute yourself and bring that name to us. I will start with Mike and Todd. Robert and his family. Jonathan and Grace. Cassandra. Armin and Kathleen. Reva and Raj. Liberty and Birdie. Heather.
As you come to them and be their healer, hear us pray. Stir up your power and come. Be anew, be born anew with us. In a world of rich resources, help us remember the poor, not only in memory, but also in love, for they are our brothers and sisters. Use our caring, giving, helping, and living with the poor as ways to be your incarnation, and may we see you incarnate in them. Stir up your power and come. Be born anew in us. All the earth, seas, and heavens are yours, and we pray these prayers because you have promised to listen to us. Amen. <laughs> 